Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. Joining me for this episode is a returning guest of the podcast. He is a co-founder of Skip to the End podcast, as well as the host and founder of the Mark and Me podcast. It's Mark Woodjet. Mark was kind enough to take some time out of his incredibly busy podcasting schedule to talk to me about a subject that he has a truly unique and passionate insight on, and that is, of course, interviewing. For those of you who don't know, Mark's been running the Mark and Me podcast for six years in which he gets to interview all kinds of incredible guests from the world of film and TV and music and arts and so much more. At the time of this episode coming out, he's released over 200 episodes and continues to put out multiple episodes a week. It truly is incredible stuff that he does. And in this conversation, we get to sit down and talk about what it means to interview your heroes, how you prepare these interviews, what to do when you're thrown a curveball, how he's adapted his style over the years, and so much more. If you're a fan of Mark's podcast, then you'll absolutely adore this conversation. There's so much that we get into that really lends a behind-the-scenes look at his show. And if you're someone who's not too familiar with his work, well, you'll enjoy this conversation regardless. There's so much incredible insight that comes into this. And of course, you'll want to go and check out his podcast immediately. And you should, because it really is well worth your time. Oh, and before we get into the episode, I should point out, I am aware that this is an interview about interviewing. And well, what can I say? Sometimes I just like to get a little bit meta on this podcast. Right, that's enough tomfoolery from me. Let's get straight to the episode. This is Interviewing with Mark Woodjet. Hello, Mark, and welcome back to the Fundamentals podcast. It's great to be back. I can't believe I saw a tweet the other day. It's been almost two years, which is just mind-blowing. Yes, it has. Uh, it is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing that I'm still here, but here we are. And what's even more mind-blowing, and we'll get into it, is what you've been doing in those two years. And that is also the reason why you're here. So for people that would have seen the episode title, they'll know that you're here to talk about interviewing, which is extremely appropriate given the Mark and Me podcast. So uh, to, I guess to get us into this, I want to kick us off with a question for for yourself and for, for me as well in the audience, is what was the first interview that you did for a podcast? Wow. Um, so back in the skip to the end days when it was a full-time podcast, we just started to go to a lot more events. So I remember going to like MCM Comic Con. Uh, and we covered it as a special. And while we were there, we were getting opportunities to meet talent. So uh, you may remember back probably six, seven years ago now, we met Gillian Anderson at Comic-Con. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, for me, I was like, as a huge X-Files fan, I was like, we can't yeah. turn down this opportunity. But then to add that into the podcast, when the normal Skip to the End kind of podcast had this really great, like, just this really good uh, structure that yeah. we didn't want to mess with because it was like the rewatch, the main review, top three topic, game show. It didn't work. It just didn't work as a dynamic just to suddenly throw mm. in a random. And on today's episode, here's Mark talking to Gillian Anderson. And yeah, I felt like this isn't this isn't really working. Um, mm. So I think my first interview would have been some of those early ones we did at Comic Con where we just got to go 
and be let loose with a microphone, me, Ben and Adam walking around London Comic Con, interviewing people and bands and comic, uh, comic artists and stuff like that. Wow. So I'm guessing from there then you just, it, like you say, it's something that didn't really fit the format at the time, but it's clearly something that caught your interest then. Yeah, I uh, Ben wouldn't mind me saying this. He didn't really have that drive or passion to want to sit down and interview people. And it wasn't okay. what Skip to the End were about. We were just yeah. about a group of friends talking films. So when these opportunities kept coming, I felt like, ah, oh, I, I want to do this. So Tommy Wiseau from The Room is someone mm-hmm. I absolutely adored. And because we did the rewatch on Skip to the End, I felt like I really want to be able to talk to him because he's just such a crazy ca- character and such an uh, amazing person. Mm. So we did an actual special. So it was like Skip to the End meets Tommy Wiseau and then Skip to the End meets Funeral for a Friend. Yeah. And we kind of then saw this transition into Mark and me because it was like, hi, we're Skip the End and here's Mark interviewing, you know, Tommy Wiseau. And what was mm. the point in using that intro and outro from Skip the End? Because it just wasn't really a Skip the End thing. Right. So at that point, because I had such a passion, I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing on the side and just let that be its own thing. And it can be linked to Skip the End. It can be like an add on. But mm-hmm. it won't be Ben, me and Gemma or Ben, me and Adam. It'll just be my little thing where I go and do an interview. And, and the guys were really happy with that. Yeah. So when you sort of did those first few interviews, how did you feel going around with the microphone and, and talking to people at Comic-Con for the first time? Um, there's this moment of kind of, oh my God, like they've given me a press pass. Have they made a mistake? <laughs> like what, yeah. what's going on here? Like, are you sure? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but because Skip to the End were delivering such high numbers, I think they just trusted in us. And, you know, I wanted to do them proud and feel excited. Um, but I can't listen back to any of those first interviews because it just doesn't sound like me. I just, once I've okay. recorded it and edited it and put it out, I'm like, right, the world can have it now. And I just need to move on to the next because, sure. I don't know, it's like when you hear these bands that listen to their first early demos or mm. you know, the very early Skip to the End episodes when we're just recording with a phone, it's like, God, we've come a long way since then. Yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest, that's any creative, man. I do the same with like yeah. every episode. You always hear the mistakes or you hear the things you're like, ah, I could have done that better. But that's cool. I mean, interviewing is one of those things. I'm glad you've brought it as a topic. And again, we can get into all the behind the scenes of Mark and Me, which is brilliant. But I was thinking about it leading up to this. And it's like, it is kind of its own thing in pop culture now it's it's whether it is podcasts whether it's you know journalists sitting down for magazines or you know television programs it's that kind of the desire that we all have i think to peek behind the creative curtain and see what's going on yeah and i've always felt actually that that must be a really tough job being somebody who who has to sit down and think of those questions and and do that and it is a skill that you have to develop so I'm just wondering, what's your sort of process then when you say like, right, you've booked this person for Mark and me, you think, okay, what what happens then? It's a difficult one because you would think that I would sit there and have pages and pages of paper and list loads of questions, but I genuinely just go into it as me um, yeah. and I don't prep too much. I can't obviously suddenly go and interview a band like Thrice and not know the name of the singer or the albums or sure. make a titter myself and say stuff like, oh, so <laughs> when did you start a band? Was it last year? And you know they've been going 25 yeah. years. So you need to do the background and make sure you've, you know, you do some research. But I'm lucky in the way that 
the guests I get on are people that I want on. So I'm a fan of their work. So I don't just go, oh, I'll do an interview for the sake of it and try and talk to someone that isn't relevant or that doesn't interest me because I like to basically speak to my heroes and speak to people that I adore and that I really appreciate their work. So a lot of the time there isn't much research done because it's just about talking, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Slam Dunk and I was talking to Beartooth mm. and Sum 41 and these incredible bands. And I don't need to prep because I've bought their albums. I've been to see them live. I know yes. that they've been going so many years and I just then be myself and just have a nice conversation. I think that's why people like Mark and me is because it isn't too scripted and I've been to Comic-Con events and I've been to see some sort of press panels and people sit there mm. with a notebook and read off it. Yeah. And I don't think there's a correct way to interview people, but mm. it just feels a bit disrespectful for me to sit there and say, Oh, so hi, Mads Mickelson. Mm. And then have a piece of paper saying in 2021, you were involved mm. in a TV series called, hang on, um, Hannibal. You know, it, it doesn't mm. sound genuine. Yeah. So I yeah. like to just make sure I've got a few bullet points uh, for things to remember because it's not easy, is it, when you're talking to such a range of people? So you know yeah, the facts course. about maybe their album or their film release and just a few little points, but let the conversation just flow and don't let it be too structured. Otherwise, it just sounds too pre planned. Yeah. I, do you know what? That makes a lot of sense, actually. Someone who's really enjoyed your podcast for years, that's something that always comes across is you seem very natural with people and I always get the sense listening to the episodes. It's like, well, I know he's done his research because he's able to reference them, you know, their materials or their projects, whatever it is that they're talking about. But as you say, it, it, I think that works to your advantage. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I'd argue that's a good point in terms of doing an interview, right? Of conducting one as knowing your subject matter, knowing what you're talking about. Exactly. And I have been to places where people aren't, you know, into the actual topic they're talking about. And you can just see there's no enthusiasm, there's no passion, there's no drive. And that's why I don't go and do a podcast and speak to people that don't interest me because I would just struggle and I would not have that. But what I have found is sometimes if you build yourself up in your head that you're interviewing this huge name and you can't wait, because they've done press all the time, they've had that question so many times, Mm. sometimes don't go for the obvious, just... You know, if I had CM Punk on, for example, one of my Mm -hmm. favorite wrestlers, does he really want to talk about why he left WWE? Does he really want to talk about why he's now back in AEW? No, he's talked about it to death for the last two years on press tours every single day. So why not talk to him about his love for horror films? Why not talk to him about, you Mm. know, acting or what he does when he's not wrestling? That's more interesting because people... I've already know the story. So all I'm doing is just reconfirming for them what they already know. Do you know what? I think that's such a good point because I, I was hoping we were going to get into this in this discussion. For me, there, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there are two types of Mark and Me episodes. I feel like there's the ones where you've managed to reach out to them and it's a very unique one-off conversation where like you've reached out to somebody. I think of them as like legacy interviews where like you're just talking to somebody who's got this incredible back catalogue, and they may not necessarily be promoting anything at that moment. They're just talking to you because they've obviously agreed to come on the show and yeah. they like what they hear. And so you've got a bit more free reign to do that and go anywhere you like. And then there's the other kind of episode where they're obviously on some kind of press junket or tour where they're promoting a, a TV show, a film, an album. But again, it's 
to come back to what you've just said, I, I've always felt that that's something you seem to be quite conscious of, of, of like, okay, I don't want to ask the obvious questions, especially in a press junket, because as you say, I can't imagine, like, I'm just trying to put myself in that shoes, imagine I'm in a band and you're promoting an album and you get the same 10 questions for like 10 hours straight. You just, you know, by the end of it, you'll just be done. So what I find as well is they've been asked that question before you and they'll be asked yeah, the question yeah, exactly. straight afterwards and then they become mm-hmm. robotic and you can see because of the, the great things now of Zoom and being face-to-face, you can work out someone by their body movements, their gestures, mm. their mannerisms. And if I'm like, so tell me why you called this album this title, mm. you literally see them just go into autopilot and be like, literally just roll up we decided that during the pandemic this album was something that we all wanted to put our hearts in, and they just yeah. reel off the same one and okay. then you listen to another podcast that's interviewed that same guest on this press tour and you can hear it as if it's copy and pasted and i'm like yeah i don't want that i don't know i don't want to hear the same answer but just on a different show so i'm like forget the album let's talk about touring how's it been not being able to tour what have you done instead to fill the void of not being able to do what you love the most how much Mm. more are you going to get from that than just uh are you happy to be gigging again you know that's so true absolutely and i imagine yeah it breaks up for them and it makes it more interesting for you i imagine that conversation as well so is that something you have to be aware of then like when you're having a in a conversation with somebody you're doing an interview of like watching the body language just to try and maybe pivot a little bit if you feel like, okay, this is starting to kind of stagnate a little bit. I need to switch gears here. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you'll get a kind of curveball thrown at you. So okay, behind the scenes, I was very lucky in my first 10 episodes. I launched with Kevin Smith, which is just insane. That was my dream yeah. guest. And then you set the bar really high and you think, oh God, I probably should have saved that for like episode 10 or 20. Like, what am I going to follow this up with? And then in the first 10 episodes, I'd had Big Bird, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and I'd had Anthony Hopkins um, Mm. and I had Corey Feldman. Now, Corey Feldman, being an 80s kid, was one of my dream guests that I just couldn't wait to sit down and talk to. Like, I couldn't believe I got him on. I was like, this is a dream come true. So I'd sat there, and this is five, six years ago, I had planned out talking about the Goonies, Gremlins, Lost Boys, all these amazing 80s classics that I've grown up and absolutely loved. My first question to him is, so tell me about growing up, what made you want to be an actor? And I'm thinking, this is great. This is going to lead to us talking all about these great classics. And he literally said, I never wanted to be an actor. My parents made me want to be an actor, so I don't really want to talk about acting. So I'm like, oh my Whoa. God, like my next 30 minutes of questions wanting to talk about Steven Spielberg and the Goonies and Richard Donner and all this stuff yeah, is going to be just, completely gone. Yeah. Wow. So it was a real early lesson of like, actually, don't be too structured because all that paper now and all that thoughtful, you know, like that questioning that you've come up with is is wasted. You can't do anything with it. Mm. That's such a good point. Yeah, I, I, I think I did listen to that episode. It was a while ago. I don't remember that curveball coming up, but... I may have edited it quite well, so it might have sounded quite natural, but the fact was I then talked all about his music career and full respect sure. to him, but it wasn't what I wanted to talk to him about, and it's not as mm. engrossing as talking about these classic films that he's yeah. built a legacy upon. But 
Yeah, I mean, looking at people's reactions is a lot better now because we've had Zoom since lockdown, haven't we? It's really kicked in, so I can see people. And as we're talking now, me and you, mm. I can see you. And it's so yeah. so much more natural. All my early interviews were on telephone, and it's just really tough because you just don't know how they're reacting. So Kevin Smith, mm. Anthony Hopkins, all those great guests were all on the telephone. So it was a real tough lesson to learn straight away of like, how long do I leave a pause? Is that a natural pause, or is it too early to now you know talk yeah. again and i don't want to talk over them and interrupt and i've had to learn as i go along and as much as i say i don't plan i do have a big awareness of my own interview technique and i know that i have to get it right and make sure that they're talking at the right time and not get it wrong you know yeah absolutely and i'd imagine as well you're in the back of your head sort of thinking about keeping the rapport going right yeah Especially because, you, as you say, you're meeting. I think it's natural for all of us when we meet our heroes in any capacity. The number one thing is we hope that they like us, you know, that we're able to form some sort of connection. We're not, not necessarily going to be best friends, but you think, I hope this is a meaningful conversation. So is that something you sort of have to kind of battle with when you look um, at these interviews? It's really difficult because you're given that opportunity. You have to step up to it in that moment. Yeah. And you don't have any second chances. So if I'm talking to someone I've idolized, I have to switch off because I had Brandon Boyd on recently from Incubus as a yeah. um, two-part yeah. special. And I absolutely worship him. And, you know, Make Yourself is one of my favorite albums of all time. I think vocally and lyrically, he's up there with the best. So to be given an opportunity to speak to him, I didn't want to be like, oh my God, Brandon Boyd, oh my God, like, tell me about when you wrote Drive. Like, I couldn't be like that. Inside, yeah. I felt like that because I was like, yeah. oh my God, like this is the guy I've seen since I was 16 and I remember yeah. queuing up to try and meet him at Wolverhampton and all this. But I just have to put this different kind of mask on and be composed. Mm. And of course you want these people that you worship and idolize to like you. Yeah, But you can't be too desperate because you don't want to be that person that's begging for attention. You're not a puppy waiting to be stroked. So you've kind of got to get this approach where be yourself and hope that they can see it sincere and genuine. And I think the one feedback I get from Mark and Mia more than anything else is that it always sounds natural and like you're talking to a friend. And it doesn't matter mm. if it is Anthony Hopkins or an upcoming director or someone who's just started to write their first book. It doesn't matter I find that the best conversations are this natural and not too forced and just be respectful. And usually we just click and I've been very lucky that the Brandon Boyd episode was great and we've kept in contact since the good guests, you know, that people think are mind blowing the Mads Mickelson's and all this, they're amazing, but you really do only get the chance in that moment to do well. And it's made make or break and if you think about it too much you're going to just make yourself trip yeah that makes sense so something I'm, I'm picking out from there and what you said is the key seems to be just be yourself yeah and hope yeah. it's enough because you know if if you are yourself it's effortless because you don't have to try and be someone you're not so yeah. if you're consistently being yourself and being mark well it's worked for 200 episodes and people like it so don't change it yeah, totally, man. So let's go a little bit more into the the behind the scenes then of of booking this. So, what is it like trying to book some of these guests? Because as you say, you, you started with 
pretty big gets in the yeah. first 10 episodes. Did it get easier from there? Um, I don't want to give all my secrets away. It's like a magician <laughs> telling you how every trick's done. But I sure. get a lot of DMs and emails from strangers who are like, Hiya, I've got a podcast and I was just wondering if you could give me Kevin Smith's phone number. And I'm like, what? I don't know you. I'm not going to give you his details. And you have to think for yourself because no one gave me those details for all these people. So you've got to think for yeah. yourself. And you get it a lot. And you get a lot of people. And it's not a fault. I'm not criticizing these people. But if you're spending your time coming to me asking, use that time and think how you could do it for mm-hmm. yourself. Because I can't give out details. And I had to no, work for it. Not. So it's like... You have to also understand that for every one great guest you get on, I've tried for 10 or 20. Uh, Realistically, that is honestly how the numbers are. So I've had some guests that you would not believe have said yes and fell through on the day because of bookings or double bookings or just unable to actually do it because of another commitment. Right. Um honestly mind-blowing guests and there's some that just on the day pull out and you just can't change it and they, that was the only time they ever had to do it so they won't come back on another time mm-hmm. yeah and it's tough isn't it i suppose because it's one of those things i, I imagine it, it's frustrating but at the same time um and i can i'm sort of trying to relate a little bit i'm not saying you're on the same level because we're not let's be honest but as somebody who relies heavily on guests for my own show I get that thing of like you initially feel really annoyed then you have to remember they don't owe you anything no you know like it's it's not like you're paying them to come on the show or you know anything like that it's like they're doing it just really just out of kindness or because they're on a tour or something so if these like you say these things happen I can't imagine you have you let that set you back no and you also have to be persistent and not too much that you're hammering people on emails morning day and night because then you become a nuisance and it's very quick in this industry to put a black mark against your name and people be oh he's annoying he keeps pestering us so you need to get the right balance so for example Sherilyn Fenn who's a massive actress from Twin Peaks people are absolutely blown away that I'd got her I don't think I've seen her do another podcast in the last five years absolutely incredible but it took 11 recordings to get that to happen um she was based in america and at three in the morning i'd be waiting up because of the time difference and then an email five minutes before sorry uh water pipes have burst in the house can't do today sorry got to pick up some from school sorry got to this so most people would bin it off after two or three attempts but i was like no i love twin peaks i i Mm. really want this to happen and i'll try again i'll try again i'll try again 18 months later we finally did it Mm. That is a lot of, you know, resistance and bouncing back. And I think what people don't understand is some of the interviews you hear have taken me two years to make happen. It isn't just a case of, hi, um, Kevin Smith, do you want to come on Mark and Me? Yeah, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. It's, yeah. I'm sorry, I've got an uh, a new movie release. I'm busy for the next two years. Okay. Yeah. little mental note try again in two years you know mm. yeah. um, but you said at the start is it easy uh, and does it get easier i think it worked like a double-ended sword at the start because i did very well in getting kevin smith and these great names at the start 
So the expectations then were like, so when are you getting Robert De Niro? And it's like, well, hang on, like, (laughs) I'm one guy in my bedroom with a microphone. I'm not a business. I don't pay the guests. I've got, Mm. at this point, not very big numbers. I'm just having fun and experimenting. But because I'd got Kevin Smith and Corey Feldman and Anthony Hopkins, it then meant that if I went to another actor or musician, I could say, oh, I've recently interviewed Kevin Smith. I've interviewed Corey Feldman. Mm. And then it gives you that kind of foot in the door and a bit of respect. And okay, they're established. They've got some good names. So that's helped build the brand to then be taken more seriously. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that, actually. And, I, and that's something that did cross my mind. So I'm glad you've you've answered that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. If people people can look back and they can see, oh, yeah, you've had all these established people on the show and you've got now at this point, you know, you're over 200 episodes. They're like, OK, this guy's serious. You can, yeah. at least, you can at least start that conversation. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? It's about having numbers now. And it's it's cruel because when you're starting out, you need to try and do you know when you go for a job interview and they're like, unfortunately, you haven't got any experience in this field, so unfortunately, you're not <laughs> going to get the job. And it's like, yeah, well, that's why I've come here because I want to get experience and I want to do the yeah. job to then build up this profile that then shows I can do it. Mm. It was a bit like that. So it's a bit like if you start now and you went out there and approached, I don't know, Metallica and said, I want you to come on the podcast. Of course, mm. you would absolutely dream, wouldn't you, of having Metallica on? Yeah. But their management are going to go, well... Uh, Harley, what numbers have you got? And if you haven't got mm. 2 million downloads and you're yeah. number one on Spotify and everyone knows of you, they're not going to do it because it's doesn't benefit them. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. So I imagine that's something you've had to really battle against then in the early days, especially. Yeah, it is. But then because Skip the M was doing well and mm. number one in the charts and had, I think, 13 million downloads at one point, it was a really good foot in the door of like but i've also got skipped to the end so look i have got this so trust me Mm. yeah but i suppose as well the the other side of that is you can't just rest on that right no and skip the end's gone now i know there's the odd special so i feel like i've deservingly built an establishment for mark and me that isn't just oh it's the guy from skip the end who's got his own podcast it's my own thing now yeah i mean when does skip to the end end remind me it was a few years ago um just over two years ago, about two and a half years ago, when it officially ended. But then mm. we just do the odd special every few months as an excuse yeah. to meet up, you know? Yeah, yeah. But still, that's, that's two and a half years where you've had to go out and basically strike it out on your own. And, yeah. You know, I've talked about this before on this show that like podcasts, as much as I love doing this, they are a dime a dozen. Yeah. So it is quite hard, I think, to to build your own platform and establish it. Um, and I imagine as well, like, because in the field that you're in with interviewing and especially if doing something like a press tour for us, our press junket, that must feel like that takes a little bit of convincing to sort of, for some people, because they might be thinking, well, you're not a journalist or you're not, you know, this yeah, person or that person. It's true. And you build relationships with PRs and agents yeah. and managements. And once you start getting some respect and delivering, so for example, a film comes out and the release has, a press tour with one of the main actors and they've given an hour to the right. to the PR. The PR might say, well, we can split that up into 10 six-minute interviews or something, you know. Sure. And you think, okay, I've got six minutes with a guest. It's not very long. <laughs> but if it's a good guest, you're not going to turn it down. So when there's been these big releases and I get the chance to sit down with 
Um, I, I can't think on the top of my head, but if you think of the actors I've had on, so Aubrey Plaza, for example, I sure yeah. I can't not say yes to Aubrey Plaza. I absolutely love her. I'm a big fan of Parks mm. and Recreation, and she's just an amazing person. So you've kind of got to make sure that you do what you promise. So if they then say, look, the film they're promoting is out in two weeks, you need to have the episode out to promote that that week. If they're chasing you a week later saying, look, where, where's the episode you're supposed to promote? The film's at the cinema now and you mm. haven't done it. They're not going to come back to you ever again because the whole purpose of that interview is to promote that release on that certain time to get people to go and see it. So if you let them down, I don't think it's an industry that's very forgiving. I think there's another 10 million podcasts out there begging for that 10 seconds or two minutes with Aubrey that I've taken, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that means you've obviously got to be a bit on the on the ball when it comes to being organised then and, and yeah. shuffling around your episodes. Well, look at Slam Dunk. So Slam Dunk yeah. right now, as we're sitting here, was about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. What relevance would it be now to start putting interviews out right now after Download yeah. Festival, before 2000 Trees, the weekend yeah. of Glastonbury? It wouldn't be relevant. People yeah. go to the festival, want to come home, relive that experience probably that weekend or a few days later and be like, oh God, great, how let's listen to these bands talking about their experience. And then before you know it, mm-hmm. the next festival's announced or they're doing something else. So imagine now me not releasing those interviews with Beartooth, Nova Twins, Some 41. It would be ridiculous yeah. and stupid of myself. So other interviews would have to take place and probably move back a couple of weeks and I'd have to reshuffle stuff and then get those out because mm. You've got to prioritize. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. But so I'm thinking with this, it, it must be quite rewarding. And I get that sense listening to your show that even though there's all of this work that goes into it, you know, like you said, you, you're thinking about how to make a connection, but not make it too desperate and ask the right questions and book it. And all of this, like these various spinning plates, basically you've got going on and being persistent. Is it ultimately a rewarding experience for you to do this? It is. It's, my apart from my beautiful girlfriend and my dogs it's the most important thing in my life you know i yeah i i'm not addicted like it's a drug but i (laughs) have no plans to end it it is all down to my own way of thinking and what i want to do it's personally the most personal thing i've ever done because it's mark and me um i let people into my life on every episode a bit more so the very early episodes was always about interviewing the person and find out as much as I can. But I enjoy making it a bit of a two-way conversation. And I don't want to be telling people my guitar techniques because no one cares when I'm talking to someone <laughs> who's amazing, you know, like Zach Wilde. They're going to be like, I yeah. want to know more about Zach. But why not just talk about my early guitar days? Because, mm. you know, it's fun to share stuff. So I feel the weight of the conversation is a lot more even now it used to be very like 95 percent the guest and me just saying hi i'm mark at the start mm. now i'll openly talk about stuff and the guests do like it and it's a, a much more natural conversation then mm. to listen back and then see hundreds of people messaging or someone saying i was traveling to work today and i listened to your episode and i had to stop the car because i couldn't believe the person started talking about their depression or their suicide attempts and all this yeah. i could relate and it made me think oh my god how far i've come personally or it made me help 
with the loss of one of my close friends or family members, I'm like, oh my God, like I don't realize how much reach it can have and how much impact it can have on people's lives. And especially with the interviews like Joey Kramer, who talked all about going into rehab and getting himself back on the right tracks. I've had people Mm. talk really openly about drug abuse and sex abuse and all these different topics. Uh, I really, really appreciate the fact that someone takes that time to listen and then let me know what they think. Mm. I suppose in that way, like you kind of owe it to them as well to give a little bit back. It kind of makes it more of that natural conversation. And yeah, definitely. And I do find, I don't know what I do. I don't know if it's how I look, but I find that a lot of my (laughs) guests really open up and really go above and beyond. And then I listen to other press. They do with big names out there, radio one and all these big podcasters. And I'm Mm. like, wow, they didn't really say all the stuff that I got from them. And I'm not saying I'm, better i'm not i'm i'm i don't compare like that but there's something about it maybe it's just because i'm not the sun newspaper that's trying to get a cheap headline i'm not trying to get clickbait by someone talking about something they shouldn't i'm just having an open honest conversation with someone Mm, i'd say so yeah and i think the very nature and format of podcasting allows you to be i think a bit more free-for-all and open in the conversation whereas if you're on a radio program as you say or a news television program you've more than likely been prepared going in right yeah like here's the questions you're going to be asked here's how long you've got and because it's a schedule because it's a program they're just going to stick to that and they probably don't have a lot of wiggle room whereas you just sitting here now having a conversation with a mic and it's like hey this episode's as long or as short as you want it to be and you may mentioned at the start, you know, you're, you're trying to be aware of asking different questions. And I imagine they probably get the sense of that as well. Like just from talking to you within a few minutes of, oh, this guy's asking me different things. And like, I loved something you do at the beginning of almost every episode is to go back to the history of yeah. each person. And I feel like that immediately sets people at ease because you're not just going like, you know, yeah, what's the new name of the album or the film or whatever. You're just like, what was your childhood like? You know, yeah. what, what was the first time you picked up a guitar? When you when did you know you want to be an actor? And that immediately puts people in a very personal space. I think it does, and it sets the tone. And I worry that at yes. two hundred episodes, are people? And I question my own stuff. And I'm always this isn't good enough, and I should be doing this. But I quite often say to myself, should I switch it up a bit and not ask that because it does get a bit monotonous. Me saying, oh, so tell me about your first CD you bought, or tell me about the first gig, but. Don't change a winning formula. And do you yes. know what? It's There's never been the same answer over 200 True. questions. So 200 episodes, sorry. So I kind of feel to myself, actually, keep it because it works and it sets the tone. And it's a really nice way to start. Because if you just go in like you say, so tell me about your new album. Well, you've missed out on how they've experienced lockdown and how life changed mm. for them. You haven't gone into why this album came about you've gone straight to near enough the end of the conversation yeah. so if you've got a bit of time build up you know get yourself to the place where you then can talk about how life was growing up how was your family how did they respect your decisions you've made and the stuff that comes from that well it can go anywhere they might start talking about drugs or they might start talking about a relationship that broke up or they might start talking about the hate for the early band members. And then you think, wow, I I never knew this was go this way. Totally. And I guess that's the very nature of, of 
your interviewing style and the podcast itself, right? Is you're there to talk to the person. It's not just, hey, they're here for this promotion. It's I'm talking to this person from the band or I'm talking to this actor. Like, I mean, the, the name of every episode of your show is the person you're interviewing. So I feel like that immediately sets another tone of this is a more personal kind of conversation. Yeah. And it, yes, it's, it's really difficult because sometimes you don't get enough time. And I'm sure you're the same. You're editing, you're doing your yeah. publishing, you're trying to promote, you're marketing your own work. You don't even think about some of the questions you ask me. So it's like a nice mm. time to reflect and step back. But someone said to me once, like, your interview podcast is called Mark and Me. You know, it's mm. called Mark and Me. Now, I know that's a spoof on Mac and Me. So, yeah. you know, it's because I'm obsessed with a really terrible E.T. ripoff film and it just works <laughs> and it's funny and it's silly. <laughs> but then you could look at it as in, well, it is my time with that person. It is yeah. them with me. And it has a whole new meaning about like, come and sit with me, come and join me because yeah. I want to take you on the journey. And as some people have said, I've had emails and Facebook messages and stuff from people that have said like, when they listen, they feel like they're just sitting on a table at a pub and it's mm. me talking to someone they've idolized. So they might be absolutely a huge fan of the band Everclear and they can't believe that I've sat down with Art Alexis and been able to talk about his abuse as a child and all this, but it's so natural and so innocent, the conversation. I'm not there trying to, in five minutes, get him to admit that he was abused. I'm just having a nice conversation. Mm. People feel like I'm asking the questions that they've always wanted to ask. Right. Or if they had the opportunity to sit down with that guest, a lot of the time I get a lot of feedback of like, oh, I've always wanted to know why that album was this way or why that artwork was drawn like that. Because I've, been a fan of their work myself and i'm just no different to the person listening i've just got yeah. the microphone in the person in front of me that's all it is you know yeah and i guess really it also speaks to what you were saying earlier about paying close attention to what's being said and, and being able to pivot right because you find those questions in those moments yeah. as you're talking with the person if you just had that set list as we said earlier which hey like i said if some people that's what they do if they're in that particular uh style you know maybe they work for a, a magazine or something like that and that's just what they have to do fair enough but for your format and your podcast you've got the ability to move around and yeah i'd, I'd, I'd say that you know you being able to be in the moment with the person yeah. like, like you're saying having a natural conversation i'd have thought that helps you to find those moments where somebody says something and you can just kind of not drill down on it, but just kind of follow up on it yeah. a little bit. And then they and, open up and you can never plan for that either. Exactly. So like when I've, when yeah. I said I've have planned in the past for Corey Feldman and he threw that at me about music, I was like, Oh, I'm not prepared for this, but it was my episode, I think number two. So yeah, you look at that as five years ago. So now when it's, I have bullet points. I have little bullet points and it's just usually the name of the person that's coming on, mm -hmm. what band they're in, just because I don't want my brain to freeze on the moment and suddenly be like, oh, what's your band again? Just because you're concentrating yeah. too hard. And maybe a release date or an album title. And really, we might not even cross those. We might never even touch base about the album because we've just enjoyed talking about why they love music. And before you know it, you're talking about Jeff Buckley because it's one of their favorite albums and I'm like oh it's one of mine and then we find this 
yeah you know ground that we're both on the same page and then before you know it, we've talked about jeff buckley for 10 minutes and i'm like whoops we better probably talk a bit more about your band you know yeah but that's totally fine because again it's it's that natural side of it and and that'll probably open up another part of the conversation that as you said earlier other people wouldn't necessarily get and it gives yeah. you a bit more of a unique edge in that way so that's cool that's really cool i mean we've talked a lot about about the uh the successes and and how you've had all this going but i mean talk to me about some of the the struggles then i mean you've mentioned having to reschedule a lot of people that must be really frustrating you know when you get to that point of yeah you really want this person and for whatever reason it just doesn't happen really is and i won't reveal too many names because no that's okay. I'm they're not still, they're, name they're, no they're, they're <laughs> still yeah there's still people that will happen um when it came to episode 200, I really wanted to mark the occasion um, with something special because it felt like a big milestone. Episode 200 just felt like this is a big achievement. Like This has now gone past the amount of episodes that skipped the ended. It's a long time. And I'm like, I really want to do something special for this. And I had Keanu Reeves literally to the point of scheduling just the time. It was just down. We had the date plan. It was just making sure that diaries matched up and it was so close like 99% over the line and at the very last minute because of the new matrix film he had to go to japan and we record something or do something and he's never going to be like well actually i'm sorry i've got mark and me podcast you know sorry yeah. uh universe i can't do it and i've been trying for a number of years to get simon pegg just because obviously right. You know, he he's the reason Skip the End is called Skip the End. The music on Mark and Me is from Space at the start. The Mr. Scruff piece of music is purely spaced. And I'm just a huge fan. And our diaries have never worked. And at times when it should have happened, I was unable to do it. And that's, that's come really close. So I thought that might be number 200. And Emma Stone, we got to the point of sitting down and recording Right. And we just had technical difficulties and it just Aww. didn't come about. And just the Wi-Fi at that moment wasn't great. So it's, it's, there is so many ones that could have happened, but as cheesy as it sounds, never say never. And mm. I never for a million years thought I'd get Steve Guttenberg, one of my favorite actors, never done a podcast. I don't think he's ever done a podcast. You know, growing yeah. up loving Police Academy with my dad. Never in a million years did I think I'd get him, but I got him. So eventually, if things are meant to happen, they will. And as we sit here right now, my God, there's three or four names that are penciled in that if they happen, it's game changers. It's absolutely unbelievable. And it's very frustrating when they say no or they can't do it, but you've got to be grateful for the ones that have, you know, anyone would kill to have time with some of the guests I've had and I never ever take it for granted. So don't get me wrong, dude. There's been times where I've wanted to cry my eyes out because I really thought an interview was going to happen and I'm ready and I can't believe it. And I'm already planning the artwork for it and then it doesn't happen. So it isn't all great. And there's times where you're like, Oh my God, like I Mm. really don't know what to do. But I've really got to the mindset now that just come back stronger. Don't worry. It will happen if it's meant to. And some people aren't meant to be. Some people just won't probably ever happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like you say, you can't focus on what you don't have, right? No. And I've said about it, I think, clearly on Mark and Me. When I, when I first started, I had a piece of paper, truly, and I had 10 names on it. And they're like the dream guests. And you, you must do the same. You must have these lists of names that would be an absolute dream for you to have on. I can imagine you wanting oh, yes. Tremonti. I bet Tremonti would be someone <laughs> that you would absolutely be blown yeah. away by. Um, I, I definitely have tried in vain to reach out, but you never know. You never, as you it, say, you never yeah. know. And if, one if day that will happen. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the payoff will be worth it. But I had a list and out of the 10 names, there's only one remaining. So I'm pretty happy with that. You know, like that was That's my awesome. dream at that point. You know, I was like, I, I'm, mm. I will never get Jessica Hines from space. I'll never get her. She's been on twice. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I yeah. never in a million years thought I'd do that. I never thought I'd get, Jeff Buckley's manager. I wanted to, but he's never done a podcast. But I got him. You know, there's these names that were like, wow. Um, so there's one left. And let's hope that eventually I can tick that off and then put that piece of paper away. I think you will. I guarantee yeah. you, you'll do it. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. I do. I, I know it'll happen. I'm actually, I know it will, but it's just... There's also that thing about... It's a funny one, isn't it? They say, never meet your heroes. Mm. Um, and I worry. So for me, let's think of someone who I idolize that is no news to anybody. They, I don't know. Say Kurt mm. Russell, one of my favorite actors of all time in the right. thing, which is one of my favorite films. Mm. And he's just a great guy. Now, if I met him and I sat down and interviewed him and he was grumpy or was having a bad day and just didn't want to be there and was rolling his eyes and looking at his watch and wanted to go, my whole experience then would be just ruined and i wouldn't yeah. know then oh god like this is a shame so not having him on and still working that dream's still alive that he is going to be the best guest ever that he will be like mccready mm. like he will yeah. be the guy i hope he is you know yeah but i suppose that's kind of part of doing all of this right is when it comes to doing these interviews and sitting down with these people i guess it's just remembering that they are people after yeah. all and like you say they might just be having a bit of a bad day or you might be interviewing number 20 in yeah. a list of people they've spoken to so yeah imagine you have to factor that in with these conversations you've got you've got to have respect and i think it goes a long way and yeah. things change i was at download festival and one of the bands were like oh his voice is starting to go a bit are you okay if we don't do the interview and i'm like of course like i don't want mm -hmm. him to go on stage at download festival and struggle because he gave mark and me a 10 minute interview like just mm. that's absolutely fine and the people really respect that and will come back and follow up and say he's better now he's back at home he'll do the interview and you're like brilliant if you go out there and expect everyone to give you everything as soon as you click your fingers you're not going to go very far you're not it's mm. you've got to be nice you've got to treat people how you want to be treated and it sounds really cheesy but it's true like you're not going to get anywhere if you expect everything straight away. You've got to work for it. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that you get returning guests, I think, speaks volumes to that, right? Yeah. That you obviously treat people with that respect that not only are they happy with how the interview went, but they think, yeah, do you know what? I would have a, a conversation with him again. Yeah. And it, what I've noticed a lot recently, I'm interviewing a lot more bands. Uh, I just enjoy, obviously, music a lot. Mm -hmm. It started out of really marking me is going to be mostly focused on the film industry following on from mm. skip to the end so it'd be actors and directors but now i interview a lot of bands and the bands genuinely say 
come and see our show next week. We'll put you on the guest list. And you think, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, you've got a guest pass. And when you get there, they're buying you a beer or you're backstage Sweet. or you're watching from the side of the stage. And, you know, I had Head from Corn come on. Absolutely mm. huge name. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, at the end, oh, by the way, you know, I want to invite you to one of our shows. And I'm like, yeah, okay, funny. Huh? I bet you said that to everyone. And his manager emailed me and was like, next time corner in the UK, backstage passes, bring your girlfriend, bring your friends, and we'll have a party. And I'm like, wow, mm. like that's going to be a good day. And I will be asking Jonathan Davis if I can interview you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, man. I mean, I like that. And I, I guess that's, yeah, that, that speaks to the respect, doesn't it? If, if you've given them that. And, and I think when it comes to the nature of your interviews and podcasts as well, especially when talking about bands or just, I think you could actually say about all the different people you interview in the creative spaces is that you're taking an interest in what they do. And I feel like, again, I don't want to sound like I'm getting big headed here, but I think as a creative person, and, and you can obviously relate to this as well. I think when somebody takes an interest in what you do, it's like, Oh, cool. And I always think it doesn't matter how big you get or like, you know, how successful you are when somebody take, takes the time to have a proper conversation with you and, and say, do you know, I really love what you do and really get personal with it. I imagine that must mean so much to them, like just from, from you to them. Of course, yeah. You know, and I, and I get the sense that you are a genuine fan. Genuinely, of every single person I've had on, I've never said yes just to do anyone a favour. I've never had right. a guest on that doesn't make sense. You've never looked at the list and gone, why has he got that? You know, there's certain mm. a guy that is making glass ornaments. Like it wouldn't be in context, <laughs> but you'd be like, "Why has he done that? Like, what? That right. is really different." I'm not saying I wouldn't say. Mm. You know, if you, if you are listening right now and you do glass ornaments, come on, we'll make a special. But that, that feels more akin to this podcast. But yeah, go on. Yeah, <laughs> but um, every guest has been someone I've wanted on, or I've been interested in their work, or I have respect for, and has been a pleasure to have on. I don't think there's been a bad episode where you're like, oh, Mark doesn't sound like he's interested. And right. what I say on the end of every single episode, and I've stuck to this for five years now, is that anyone that replies to a tweet, anyone that Facebook comments me, anyone that goes on Instagram, anyone that drops me an email, I personally reply to every single message, tweet, email, everything that comes through. I did mm. it from... The start of Skip to the End, and those numbers were crazy. Like on Twitter each week, you have sort of, you know, over 50,000 people on an episode. And it's like responding to so many people that have given their suggestions for the episode. But it means something. If I, if I tweeted CM Punk today and he replied, I would be literally losing my beep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Because, I mean, to throw back to the comment you made about Tremonti earlier there has been a couple of times where I've messaged something and he replies back even just a thank you and it's that acknowledgement it's amazing it is it's, like you say it's that feeling and I've had that with a few other people where I've put a message out and then they just take the moment to give it a like or a reply and I think it is that it is that acknowledgement because ultimately not to get too sort of deep here but I feel like that's all people want right is we just want to be seen go as deep as you want dude um mm. you know we're on the other side of the thing now. I'm the one being asked mm. questions, which is, you know, <laughs> surreal. But um Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, I think you said at one point, why do I do it? Or what do mm. do I get a lot from it? Of course I do. And I like mm. seeing when an episode does really well. 
But truly, I stopped looking at numbers a long time ago. I was obsessed, obsessed. Like, why has this episode got a thousand less than this one? This should be doing really well. This guest is huge. I can't understand. You drive yourself insane. And the moment you do that, you take the fun away. Um, mm. I don't publicize now my numbers because I don't want to know. I can look every month and just make sure, you know, if it suddenly dropped to like two listeners from 70,000, I'd be like, hang on, something's gone wrong here. Yeah. But I don't look at and compare or try and look where I was this time last year. I just honestly get the most from someone liking it, someone retweeting it, or just a comment that someone says, absolutely love this interview. I've just bought the album now and fell in love with this band. You know, there's nothing better than going out there, getting a band that you love. It could be, I would give them a lot of praise, but thrice or someone like that. Mm-hmm. And then someone goes, Oh my God, like I listened to your interview. I went and downloaded on Spotify, their new album. And my God, they're incredible. And you're like, well, if I hadn't released that episode, that person wouldn't have discovered thrice. And do you know what? Like another listener from my favorite band, I feel like I've done them some service, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it goes with a film as well. The independent film people I have on are actors or directors that are trying to get their film to be seen. Someone then says, this is one of my films of the year or, oh my God, I absolutely loved it. Thanks so much for the recommendation. I'm like, that is priceless. Truly. It sounds cheesy, but it's, it's worth more than any Patreon. It's worth more than any cash gift. It's the ultimate, ultimate compliment. Yeah. Totally, man. It's like you say, job done, right? Exactly. And I'm not selling anything. You know, I I know some people say, but Mark, you're a brand. You know, you want people to buy into Mark. I mean, I forget that. I forget that it is a product. <laughs> you know, you're wanting it to compete mm. against all the other millions of podcasts out there. But when I edit an episode and I put it together, it's just one of my best friends, like Scott or Darren or Mike or Martin, any of these people just say to me, loved your episode last night, dude. That was wicked. Mm. that's enough that is just enough i'm absolutely blown away I'm like do you know what my mates are proud of me i've done good yeah and genuinely i feel like that feeds into every episode that's something i get is because you're absolutely right there are hundreds hundreds and hundreds of shows um out there and i know it's, it's something I've, I've had a discussion with people funny enough dave and rich an equal sequel came on talks about podcasts and it's something i we bounced around this idea of of advertising like you know the commercialization of it all and it's like on the one hand i get it like you said you're selling a brand and if people can make money doing what they want to do creatively i'm all for that i'm like yeah go for it but i do think sometimes these things can bleed in in a way that it does kind of take away from the genuine nature of of what you're trying to do and yeah and yeah I, i have to say just as a fan i do appreciate that your show is free from all of that. I mean, I'm not saying you should never have a sponsor or anything. If you do, I'm like, cool, go for good for you, Mark. But I know that if you ever went down that road or anything that you do like that, I know that it comes from a good place, that it comes from like, Mark's thought about this or he's got this and he believes in it. And Yeah, it's you know, it's a really fine line. So the podcast can't survive without Patreon funding. Um, yeah. Just because of the bandwidth at the moment, the hosting is expensive. People don't realise like... Yep. If I have a good episode and I'm like, wow, we had 50,000 downloads, that's cost me probably £100, you know, because the amount mm. of people that are pulling that data. Um, and I don't want to make a loss. It's not, you know, I love the podcast. I've done it for free all my life. But if that then 
people on Patreon go on and listen and go, do you know what? Like, I'll throw him a couple of pounds, like the price of a bloody mm. Boots meal deal or something. Yeah. Other places are available for meal deals, especially <laughs> Tesco. Good value. But, um, you know, if, if that then pays for my train ticket for me to go down to London and yeah. interview some people, it just gets more and more episodes for the guys out there. I never yes. pay myself and put any money in my bank or buy a piece of clothing or a vinyl or anything. It's all invested right back into the podcast. I've never made money off it. I never will. It'll never be a full-time job. I dream of that day. It would be incredible, but the the monetization of podcasting can be really off-putting and I don't get much spare time. I don't know what it is about life. The older you get, you never get any time to do anything, you know, probably because I'm editing a lot or I'm just doing life. But I struggle to get much spare time to listen to podcasts. So I get a lot of people emailing me, can you listen to my podcast and let me know what you think? And I'm like, do you know what? I would love to, but I don't listen to my favorite albums anymore. All these bands are releasing all these amazing stuff. I struggle for time. So mm. to sit there and then where are we going with this? I completely forgot where we're going. It's all right. The monetization of, uh, yes. of podcasting. Yeah. So when I then listen to a podcast and someone says, can you check it out? And the first minute is like, hi, welcome to blah, blah, blah podcast. Um, I'm your host. So-and-so and on today's episode, blah, blah, blah. But just before, Hey, have you thought of buying a brand new car at the yeah. moment? We buy any car are paying out and I'm literally, oh, I've, I've, I've kind of clocked out already in the first two minutes. I'm like, mm. oh man, like I, I was really just getting into this and finding out who today's guest was. And now you're telling me to get my car valued. And then I'm mm -hmm. back in. I'm like, do you know what? I'll hit that little fast forward 15 second button a few times. I'm back in. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. And the interview's happening. And I'm like, this is good. And I'm starting to find out a real serious story. It could be about abuse or drugs or anything like this. And then suddenly you're being advertised an Ikea discount code or something. And I'm yeah. like, my God, like you've taken me completely out of this yet again. So now we're yeah. half an hour into this podcast and I've, I've really clocked out. I'm not interested mm. anymore because how do I go from talking about someone being abused to Ikea's brand new summer range? It, it, it is really yeah. not good. But mm. I understand that podcasts are probably being funded and honestly probably making enough money from that advert to then do it as a full-time job so it's a mm. real tough one but i've never had an advert on an episode i've avoided mm. acast i've avoided all these companies because i want it to flow and when mm. i do listen to podcasts and i love people like chris jericho and mm. kevin smith they are full of adverts and they're not even relevant to what they're talking about anymore so i'm like yeah. oh this is tough yeah, I've always felt that. And that was kind of the conclusion that I came to with Rich and Dave. It's like, I don't mind so much if the person involved has an ad that kind of makes sense and they're doing it themselves or they're having a bit of fun with the ad copy or whatever. It's yeah. like, cool, yeah, fine. But you're right, yeah, I, I agree. It takes you out of it when it's just two minutes up top and then like every 15 minutes there's another two minutes and they're just completely random and you're like, I know, I know this is coming from my Google algorithm. Like, and then like you say, it just takes you out of it. And I, I it's a difficult one because some people are like, you're an idiot, Mark, because if you did do that, you could not have to get a job and you could do this full time and you could get this to be permanent. But I don't know. I respect the episodes and the guests so much that I'd rather not and just have a fluid conversation with someone that just works. And 
I know it's tough and I know I might sit here and listen back to this interview in two years time when I'm wearing a Reebok hat and a Reebok jersey and talking about how Reeboks are the best trainers ever <laughs> and the podcast is called Reebok and Me. But <laughs> but I'm hoping that as long as I've got people supporting me and buying me the old coffee or going on Patreon and throwing me a few pounds that it can be all invested back into it and this can go on for another 20 years. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. Fair. I think that's very fair. Um, and I guess, like so you say, that that kind of... I'd imagine that that has been difficult at times there, right? Because it feels like you're pouring so much into it. Yeah. And, you know, it could be so easy to take that quick cash out of it, but, like, you're trying, uh, we've you're been trying offered, really hard not we've to. We've been offered, I get... I keep We, I keep thinking of Skip's end. I have been offered. It's a one-man team, I forget, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been offered, and you get something that's just not relevant. You have a razor, a certain type of you know yeah. shaving blade, and it's like we'll give you three hundred pounds, and we'll send you a box of them. And I'm like, what? I don't know how I could get this into the episode. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, on this episode, it could be a close shave. You know, like mm-hmm. oh god, that sounds really forced. You know, and so, also as, as I'm just looking at you as a bearded man, I'm like. Yeah, right, he's never had a shave. You. Yeah, he's a liar. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. And I've always just thought to myself, I'd rather just... that You get your wins in different ways. You know, I can't remember the last time I paid for a gig. I can't remember the last time I went to a festival and had to pay. And it's oh, it's, nice. it's, it's, a, it's a privilege. So to get to go to these amazing events and these amazing gigs and sometimes a film premiere or get yeah. these early releases... Do you know what? That that's enough. I'm not greedy. I have a very simple um I'm not all about being materialistic, you know. Mm. I I would gladly be paid in gigs and, and early yeah. releases. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So I just wonder where do you see this this going for you in the future then? So currently as I'm sitting here right now, I'm not working because of just um just work politics and stuff. I just wanted to get out it was, with me moving to Shropshire. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of things changed and I'm in this kind of middle place where I'm like, I need to get a new job now. But while I'm not and I'm looking, I'm getting to edit two or three episodes a day and play catch up. So there's this massive backlog of about 30 episodes and I'm getting through it. Wow. And all these doors are opening for me. So download and mm-hmm. slam dunk and 2000 trees. And I'm thinking I really could try and do all I can to make this permanent and full time and do it every day. But it's relying on Patreons and support. Mm. And it's so difficult because the whole culture of podcasting, even the big celebrities, even Metallica who've got their own podcast, they don't charge because the whole thing is it's a free thing. You go on your podcast, you hit Spotify and you download and play. And that's Mm. the history of podcasting all the kevin smith podcasts i used to love to listen to and fall in love with all the wrestlers podcasts they're all free mm. so for me to say can i have two pound per an episode you know if, if everyone that listens to this podcast did give me two pounds mm. from one episode i'd earn enough to then work for a whole year yeah but mm. no one wants to hand that two pounds over no one wants to go yeah okay that's a really great episode for two hours with this amazing guest and you've worked so hard for it and it's taken months to get it and you've edited it and it sounds great 
but I'd rather buy a can of Coke for £1.50 than give you yeah. a pound. And I understand, and it's tough out there, and my God, it's really financially horrendous out there at the moment. Mm. So I will just continue. I will just carry on as I am. And I've done five years of Mark and Me, which is crazy. And I really feel like, and I think I've said this to you on private message, mm. I'm just starting to really believe in it. And it's took yeah. five years, but I'm enjoying the episodes now. I've never liked the podcast. I've never liked my interviews. I've never liked listening back. I cringe. But since my dad's episode, episode 200, I felt this shift and it's like taken up a gear and the questions are a bit more in depth and the conversations are really opening up more. And I'm just really appreciating, without sounding arrogant, my own work now. I'm like, oh, this is great. I really enjoyed this interview and I'm getting a lot from it. So I feel like I'm just starting now. Okay. So it feels like I'm just about ready to launch Mark and Me. Um, so it's taken five years, 200 episodes, yeah. and you're releasing multiple episodes a week. Yeah, and now it's <laughs> launching. And I look at options of, I might go on to Twitch, I might do some videos, I might do some live streams, I might... Do you know what? I was just thinking, actually, when you were talking about... Um, sorry to cut you off, but just what you were saying about advertising, and, and, I, and I get it, I totally get it. Yeah, Twitch would make a lot of sense. I yeah. think, yeah, something like that, like a live stream, you having a chat with somebody or because people subscribe, you know, and, and they'll of happily course. pay for that. And I think that's the way to go. Know. I think the market is flooded with podcasts and there's mm. amazing podcasts out there. But I think that you need to keep going and maybe everyone's asking me to put them on YouTube, the videos, which I can do. Um, mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I can start putting them on Twitch live ones. Um, like me and you are talking now, this could be an Instagram video that people are watching right now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's probably the next step. But it's all, you know, we'll just see what happens. Mark and me TV yeah. coming soon, you know? Totally, man. I, th I think YouTube especially actually makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could just upload your entire back catalogue. Okay, it would take you probably a couple of weeks to organise that. But if you did... And some of them would probably include video if guests were happy to do that. Yeah. Then, yeah, no doubt you'd probably get a good chunk of revenue coming there. And that would help you to carry on doing what you're doing. And like you say, put it back into the show, get more people on. I think that'd be awesome. That's the plan, dude. Yeah. You definitely have a subscriber from me at day one. I can tell you that. That was, you've been <laughs> so supportive. And I'm not just saying because oh, I'm here, but you always retweet you always contribute on patreon and kofi yeah. or coffee or however you say it um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i can't thank you enough like people sometimes i've really said on an episode if you've enjoyed today's episode just retweet it just share yeah. it it costs nothing yeah. people don't realize how much that can help um, big time big time just going on and liking an episode because of the way mm. social media works it could pop up on that one person's thread that's never mm -hmm. heard of the podcast, who suddenly says, oh, do you know what? I love Bullet for My Valentine. I'll push play. And yeah. the next thing you know, they love it. And you've got someone on board for life. So if you are listening right now, for me mm -hmm. and your podcast, yep, yep. honestly, share it. It, it. it really goes a long way. Do you know what? I say the same thing at the end of every episode, and it's true. And I always make a point to say, look, I know every podcaster says it. But it's true. This yeah. is why we always say, like, yeah, leave a review, leave a, a rating or retweet, like, whatever it is, because to your point, it is word of mouth. I mean, I'm fairly certain that that's how I stumbled across Skip to the End was something on Twitter. 
you know, and like a ton of podcasts and guests that I've had on and, and shows that I found so much of that has come from people sharing stuff and going, Oh, what's that? And you, and you have a little look. So yeah, you're right. Like the financial stuff is great if people can afford it. Um, I mean, this very podcast has just set up a coffee page as well. Um, <laughs> just because again, it's the same thing of like, I'll, I'll put the option there. If people want to chuck in and help get a new mic or whatever, yeah. sweet. But you're right. I'm also aware that it's, it's hard for everybody out there right now. Um, and during lockdown, I lost 50% of patrons. Like during lockdown, I lost half of my revenue and that was tough. And my God, we don't need to make this boring. The world's full of it. And I do podcasting to get away from politics. But if you look at mm. everything right now, petrol, housing costs, electricity, mm. I understand. Yeah. So I'm never, ever against it. And I, if I see no. it and someone's like, I'm really sorry I've had to cancel. I get it. I totally understand. Yeah. Um, but if you can afford the price of a coffee once a month, mm. you know, just help those independent podcasts because sometimes i think people think yeah. mark and me's a paid business and i'm paying all these guests to come mm. on and listen i've had to remind people i've never paid for one guest ever i've never yeah. you know I've, I've had to always put my own hands into my own pocket to get that train fare to go and interview mm. someone or to host a podcast on platforms you know all these ones you listen to amazon spotify yeah they cost money that's the thing i think people assume once you get to a certain level like they'll look at your show for example and go oh he's doing multiple episodes a week and he's getting all these big names you know i'm sure he's got plenty and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's that thing of like success especially in creative fields success does not equal fortune necessarily not you know, at like, all and i think that's true in any creative field you know just because somebody's got their painting up in a gallery or yeah you know their albums trending on spotify it doesn't mean that they're raking it in it's like they're relying on support. They're relying on people, as you say. And that's why a lot more like people are releasing their own vinyls independently. That's why bands are going yeah. out there and they're at their merch stand at the end because they need you to buy a T-shirt to pay for the petrol that got them to that venue that night because exactly it's tough. Um, but it's not, you know, we don't need to keep going on about it, but people, mm. it makes a hell of a difference. You know, I, I plug Patreon. I ask people all the time. And I sometimes think, God, am I begging? Am I, what am I doing here? But I can't do it without the help. No, and like I said, you know, I'm happy to offer what I can in a little way because it. I always think that I like to do that, whether it's shows, whether it's little donations here and there to different artists or whatever. Just because I think if we all chip in every now and then, it it helps everybody along the way and, massively. And we'll yeah. all waste money as well, and we'll go out oh, and buy yes, a four pound coffee, or we'll go and buy. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you're going to get a pizza one night, and you've paid Domino's twelve pound or twenty pound for a pizza. And I'm like, do you know what? Like that, if you've got that to my podcast that would keep me going for a good couple of months you know releasing yeah, <laughs> exactly. episodes like that that's it that's it it's, i agree it's all about yeah could i use this a little bit better could yeah. i help it could i take it and actually help somebody with that and i think yeah do it especially if it's something you enjoy right yeah especially if they listen to your show regularly and they think yeah do you know what i would like to help them why not um and so what you said earlier i mean if, if you genuinely can that's absolutely fine just do the free thing, share yeah. it, tell people. Word of mouth even goes a long way. But, Massive. But yeah, you're right. Like I noticed that when social media, like you get a lot of likes or retweets and then suddenly your numbers go up and I'm like, well, that's not a coincidence, is it? Like that's clearly more people have just stumbled across it because yeah, of that. The dream is when the band you've had on or 
a big guest retweets and then it's like oh you goodness. wake up and your phone's like why have i got 700 notifications on twitter and then you look and it's like some 41 just retweeted and i'm like oh wow they're the moments where you're like mm. god that's 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 magic yeah i mean i you just hit 10,000 on twitter right on yeah which is good you know i'm I'm, ha- I'm really happy with that i compare it stupidly to skip the m which is at 50,000 i'm always like mm. i need to beat that but i don't it's it's an independent one man podcast that's sat in his bedroom, so I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm absolutely blown away with ten thousand. Yeah, and that's, you've earned it, man. But secretly, I'm also thinking I need to hit twenty thousand as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always feel like with those things, it's I feel like it's a bit of a a positive sliding scale. If that makes sense, like I think you reach a certain point, and it, it must get easier to to get those extra followers right they just sort of stack one on top yeah because you've, you've got more people retweeting more people liking and eventually it sort of builds up i think you've hit 10k i can't imagine it would be that long before you hit 20 and and so on and so forth yeah you think to yourself god if every person that followed gave one pound one pound yeah. to the podcast for one year they're getting a guaranteed episode eight ep- about eight episodes a month two a week mm-hmm. one pound it could keep me going for the year it's crazy isn't it yeah but I, I've always heard you, you need um, you need 100 loyal fans to keep you going. That's like kind of a thing I've heard out in the music industry. And it's like, I think that's true. You just need yeah. that core group of people that, are, that will be there at every show or will pay your fees or will buy you your merch or whatever. And we've got, got, we got the Skip fam. You've there. seen the Skip fam people. Yeah, and exactly. that's that, yeah. that hashtag and that group of individuals are the best, kindest, most beautiful people on the planet. They yeah. supported Skip the End from day one. They sold out Skip Fest. They sold out every T-shirt we made. They sold out all the merch and got us to Film 4's Podcast of the Year, MCM, awesome. partnerships with Universal, got me and Ben to America for WWE events. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. So I can't thank those guys enough. And they'll be listening now, and I can't thank those guys yeah. enough. No, likewise. That, that's That's what you need, man. So... You just made me wonder, actually, talking about those live events, are you looking at doing live interviews at some point? Because, I mean, that, I felt like the slam dunk was pretty close to that, you know. Yeah, that was an amazing experience and really gave me a massive taste of like, God, imagine being able to do this mm. on a stage or, you know, the atmosphere of just being there. I think sometimes being a one-man team is difficult because you see other podcasts out there that have got two or three hosts and they do a live show because they've got, the chemistry of a couple of guests they can bounce off each other and have fun so i can't just sit yeah. on my own going so mark how are you well i'm fine mark how are you you know it's like <laughs> but i've the the one-on-one interviews i think would work maybe video i don't i don't think on mm. a stage would work as well but i don't know you know i might get invited to host a q and I might get invited to do a certain interview with a podcast guest live at a festival and do you know what i'd absolutely love that but I don't think it's like a th- Mark's on tour, one of those things. No, but I just had a little flash in my brain of what about at a slam dunk or a download, just like your own mini stage. <laughs> you could think about it. Like they do the signing tent, right? Where the, the guests come yeah. in and everybody queues up. What about that? But just with literally just you, a, a tiny little stage and a chair and just a rotating chair of guests throughout the afternoon. I mean, yeah, I, I think like a and a feel that could work. I definitely yeah, do. Yeah. I, I'd show up to that. I'd be like, oh, Mark's interviewing, you know, uh, Chino from Deftones. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll go check that out after the show. And you could just do that. Just like a rotating. No, thing, I think, I think that day. could work. I think that could definitely be something that we might look at next year. We, again, we, I think it's something <laughs> that I can look at next year and 
I want to have talks with Download and Slam Dunk and stuff like that. So yeah, because it's it's similar to what you already did, right? Yeah, like you just sat down on a bench with them for ten yeah. fifteen minutes. Like just put that on a soundstage with done. a couple of speakers. Done. Hey, if you're listening right now. And you're thinking download 2023 <laughs> and it's Metallica or Muse or whoever's yeah. playing. Give me a microphone. We'll be fine. And uh, just for giving you credit for that idea, I just want a ticket just to come. That's fine. <laughs> you can carry all the mics. That's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a roadie for the day. That's no Backstage trouble. Backstage passes for download. So that seems pretty fair. That does seem fair, I think. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I, I've absolutely loved this, this chat. And I feel like we've got such an amazing insight into this subject but also what you do and how you approach it i genuinely think is so unique and i'm always excited to see what what you come out with next and who you get on never cease to amaze thanks dude and like i said i've said it on here but your support is gold and it's priceless and truly Ah, you've earned it you've earned it uh, but it's true (laughs) and uh i love what you're doing i can't believe the rate you're now doing podcasts it's gone from just seeming like oh there's an episode to now like oh another one and another one and another one and the topics are also Mm. refreshing and i find myself listening to interviews with you've had guys talking about fry so i'm on listening going does he know more than me oh my god is he, <laughs> is he the biggest fry fan or am i but then i'm excited by the fact you're just getting people on that just passionately talk about video games or yeah certain anything it, it, you could have someone talking about knitting and i'd tune in because i'd be like do you know what i'm really interested to see all the different patterns and how they got into it that's the spirit of the show. And, I, and I've always said this, like, I credit you as one of those people that is a big inspiration. So it's like, well, Mark's done this thing where he's just gone out and, and you know, he's grabbing all these guests and is doing it. And the work ethic you're putting in is, is very inspirational. So I, I credit you with a lot of that. And yeah, I think people listening to this at the time this comes out, this show is finally picking up a bit of pace because I'm finally applying some advice you were kind enough to give me. Two years ago. <laughs> two years ago it took, but yeah, it took two years to kick in, but now you've actually got a structure. In my defense, you know, there was a pandemic and a lot of stuff happening in my life, but yes. That's um, fair. And, and also I'm very slow to take on good advice. This is just me. So this is what happens. People say, you should do this. And I go, you're absolutely correct. Give me a year. Well, well you I'll just said it today. It. Like, Mark, you should do a live podcast or you should do some videos. You know, I'm not going to do it anytime soon. I was sat here in another two years. I still wouldn't have done it, but... Yeah, hey. what's that thing Harley said? I should probably look into that. Yeah, yeah. but no, it's it's awesome, man. And yeah, I, I I hope for both of us that it continues. And I have no doubt. I mean, you've got thirty episodes to put out, and that's before you go and get another thirty, which I have no doubt you will by the end of next week. Well, I've recorded two today, <laughs> and I've got another two tomorrow. So that's the rate it's go. going at. So it's, I'm doing uh... I'm doing three this week, and I thought I was busy, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to be uh, like. One thing that we can end on, and you'll yeah. agree to this, is I think sometimes people don't realize how much work goes into a podcast because it's so yes. frequent, because you hear every footballer now has a podcast, every sportsman, every yeah. wrestler. They have a team of people that will go out and book a studio. They'll get the person to come in and be the guest on, say, Peter Crouch's podcast. Mm. They're then paying Peter Crouch to go on and do it because he's a big name. The mm. guest is being sorted. They're in a nice studio. It's all edited after they've had the conversation. All the artwork is done. It'll be uploaded and marketed on a team of people. And Peter Crouch has earned hundreds of thousands of pounds <laughs> and literally just done the interview. Yeah. What they don't realize is for podcasts like us, um, we go out there and have to find the guests. We have to schedule. We have to conduct. We have to research. We do the interview. We edit the interview. 
we put it out there, we host them, we then market it. And editing is one of the most laborious jobs in the world. Yep. Um, it is really, really tough. And it's only when you find someone else that does podcasts and they go, do you know what? I'm so glad that you've said this because I've been thinking the same. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. So as much as I enjoy doing Mark and Me, and I'm so proud of it, I'm spending hours every day, every single mm. day, late nights, editing, recording, taking lunch breaks when I used to be at work to do the interviews because I didn't want to miss out on guests, mm. getting back home early so I didn't go to this gig so I could interview. And it's so much work. Mm. It's yeah. insane. It is. It really is. But I think it definitely pays off in your case. And yours, dude. You know, you're you're flying. No, you you've got to give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> I'm the worst for it. I hate my own podcast, and it's the worst in the world. But you know, you've got to take a step back sometimes, dude. Like true. people want to come on your podcast. You said you've done three this mm. week. So that's three people that have said yes and given up their time. Yeah, so that's true. You know, they could be chilling in the sun. They could be going for mm. a beer. But no, they want to sit down and talk to you because they feel you're valid and you're their time is worthy so give yourself a pat on the back you're here now i will how many episodes you. have you done now a hundred and oh it's not a hundred oh good grief no uh, <laughs> i think uh, hang on i'll be able to tell you so currently i am sat on i think it's in the 50s because i know you're on like 200 or something so i've currently up to at the time of recording this uh oh that's really Automatic doesn't tell you. It's not helpful. About 50 um, or 60 then. About I think that's 56. So that's, um, and that's, I've got another three on That's a lot. That's a lot it of is. episodes. And honestly, again, credit to yourself and a guest, an upcoming guest. Well, you would have been a previous guest because time yeah. travel in podcasting. Um, it was one of those that just after that conversation and after like listening to you do all these interviews recently, it just that kind of culminates in my brain of like, okay, you're building ahead of steam. It's time to uh to just make this work now. Yeah. And just go for it. So yeah, people listening to this hopefully would have listened to the end credits and they'll be aware that this is now a weekly podcast. Um I've still got a way to catch up, do you mind? Doing, you know, three or four a week, but who knows? I could get to that point. <laughs> but you you're committing yourself to fifty two episodes a year. That's a lot. So what you've done so far over two years, you're doubling your work rate. Basically, yeah. My goal is now like hit a hundred episodes and then see how I feel. Cause I feel yeah. I felt like by episode 50, I felt like, okay, I'm starting to feel like a podcaster. I've still got a lot to learn. I've made some very simple mistakes. We all do. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, this is the next phase. And then I hopefully get to episode 100 and see how I feel. And if yours is anything to go by, maybe I'll get to episode 200 and then start to like it. Mate, <laughs> 200 is where it changed for me. Five years. Yeah. I just feel like I wish I could go back and do like a George Lucas and change them all and edit them. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm just going to no. move on. And yeah. I'm so excited. So I can't wait to see where both of our journeys go. Absolutely. So speaking of then, to bring us home, where can the good people find you? They should already be aware, but if they're not. Uh, markandme.com has links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, they're all on there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you can listen to me on Amazon Music, Podomatic, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you go, you can yeah. type in Mark and Me and it's there. Um, just go on markandme.com, follow me on Twitter and Patreon and all that is on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on to the podcast and your incredibly busy schedule. 
It's a pleasure. Uh, I get a lot of requests, and you're the first person to get me on twice, so that's pretty good. I consider it a badge of honor, so thank you very much. <laughs> like a Blue Peter badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. Thank you, dude. No, thank you. And there we have it. A huge thank you to Mark for coming onto the podcast and sharing your insights and experiences with this absolutely fascinating subject. I hope you guys listening really enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. Make sure you go and check out Mark's incredible podcast, Mark and Me. I've put links in the show notes where you can go and find it. It really is phenomenal. The amount of work and effort that he puts into it. Honestly, I'm lost for words whenever I think about it. I mean, I just went up to a weekly podcast. I find that daunting. As I said in the interview, he puts out multiple a week. It's, it's crazy. That doesn't even include specials. But hey, that's just the kind of guy he is. That's just how much he loves podcasting and putting the show together. So make sure you go check it out and give him the support that he rightly deserves. Speaking of supporting podcasts, you can, of course, support this one. And as we discussed in the episode, one of the best ways to do that is to head over to social media, give us a follow, a like, a retweet, a share on whatever platform you've got. It really does make a massive difference to independent podcasters like us. So make sure you head over to Twitter and Instagram. My social media details are all linked in the show notes. You can give us a follow, a like, a retweet, a share on your stories, all of that good stuff. Another way of supporting the podcast is by leaving a wonderful five-star review or rating. There are a number of platforms you can do that on. One of the most popular is Apple Podcasts. And in fact, I want to give a big shout out to M from Verbal Diorama, who left me this wonderful five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And it reads as follows. Fundamentals is a terrific podcast, and this is a ship expertly seared by its captain. Harley and his chosen guests talk about the topics in a joyful and endearing way, and it makes every episode extremely fun to listen to. Guests are always engaging and interesting, and it's great that Harley allows his guests to fully geek out on their chosen topic. It's fundamentally fantastic. Thank you so much, M, for leaving that review. That was so kind, and it really does make my day when I get to read reviews like this. And of course, by giving it five stars, it helps it to get into the podcasting charts so more and more people can find and share this podcast. So if you've been enjoying it like him and you want to leave some similar sentiments, then I would be so grateful if you did. Whatever platform you leave it on, I'm really grateful. Make sure you reach out to me via the social media links or via email to tell me that you've left a review or rating on another platform if I haven't seen it, because I would love to give you a shout out like him. Another way to support the podcast, and I promise you it's the final one, is to simply head over to tpublic.com where you can get the official merchandise for this podcast, or you can head over to the coffee support page and just donate directly. Any support you can give me would be greatly appreciated. I know times are tough out there, and as Mark said, you know, we don't expect much as podcasters, but anything you can give us goes a very long way and is greatly appreciated. Right, that's enough from me. I'll be back next week with another fantastic guest on a truly incredible topic, one that I think has some universal appeal and that will make many of you feel quite nostalgic. So make sure you're subscribed, you're followed, whatever you have to do on your favourite podcatcher so that you don't miss out on that. So until next time, have a great week, go and listen to Mark and me, and I will see you all for the next episode. 